0: God of love, according to your word and the power of your spirit, speak even to us on this feast day. Amen. There is surely some truth that really when it comes down to it, every preacher, every teacher, every professor has one sermon one lesson, one lecture, one theme, one song playing in their head as they stand up to speak up. Every preacher has her or his walk-up song. For Matthew, with all that genealogy stuff, how about, Sister Slade, we are family? For Luke, with his intent to write that orderly account, how about Michael Jackson history? For John, and this is a bit out of left field, how about Duke Special and Flesh and Blood Dance? You're going to Google that later. So here we are amped up in the stadium of ideas, the arena of empire, the field of dreams, drudgery, despair. And Mark, the evangelical, prepares to step up to the plate. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. But that's not quite right, is it? For bands of others have already laid down tracks. Their work reverberates in this opening, Isaiah, Malachi, Exodus, Elijah, and of course, John rocking out in the wild. All laying down the backing track, all preparing for the proclamation. Or maybe, in deference to my Hebrew Bible colleagues, it's not so much that they are laying down a backing track but rather Mark's song is a remake of earlier hits. Preparing for the proclamation. Prepare and proclaim, prepare and proclaim, the refrain, the frame, the major, the minor of today's text. Prepare and proclaim. First, prepare. John prepared the way. The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John is expecting the coming of a more powerful one. He is expecting the stronger one, the stronger one that can bring hope to a people exiled in their own land. So right off the bat, through allusion to imperial categories and founded solidly on Jewish expectations, Mark's beginning, his walk-up song, immediately strikes a chord of contest. Jesus is stronger than the emperor. But is He? As we keep listening, we discover that, yes, Jesus is indeed more powerful than the emperor. But his greater power or strength does not come by out-caesaring Caesar. Rather, his authority comes through a ministry that ultimately subverts the very category of lordship. His ministry begins not in loud, lauded eulogizing, it begins in baptism the lord submits himself to a baptism of repentance this lord steps into wilderness waters as repentant israel as faithful israel as renewed israel and in stepping into these waters his power overflows from water baptism into spirit baptism jesus is stronger than the emperor. But is he? Yes. As we listen to the gospel song, we discover that Jesus has authority through prophetic teaching. In his effective calling of disciples for renewal, in bringing God's healing will to bear on creatures and creation, in putting liturgical legalism in its place and putting traders out of the place of prayer, in prophetic vindication, in short-changing Caesar, and in passion foretold and forborne. God has returned. The new era has dawned, the longed-for day of the Spirit comes. Second, proclaim. Roman emperors were lauded with evangelical significance. Thus the emperor's birthday is the birthday of the god Augustus, the beginning of the Gospels that he brought to the world. This so-called good news meant resistance stamped out, rebellions crushed. It meant a strong-armed order, a peace smiled through gritted teeth, an uneasy settlement. It meant the proclamation of imperial gospel. As Episcopalians, of course, the first mark of mission is proclamation. Here in the text, the first direct proclamation of Jesus as fulfillment of promise is a divine proclamation, and that is not without significance for Mark's walk up to gospel or our walk into ministry. First and foremost, the proclamation of Christ and the kingdom of God come in Christ's life, mission, passion, ascension, is God's own proclamation. In Mark 1, divine affirmation for Jesus reverberates to age old hope. The divine proclamation of God's inbreaking reign is grounded in troublesome quarrelsome, rebellious Galilee, a Galilee that puts John's body in prison and will put John's head on a plate. The divine proclamation of God's in-breaking, healing reign is embodied in a troublesome, quarrelsome, rebellious Galilean. Thus it is no accident that we read, after John's arrest, Jesus came to Galilee. Now after John's arrest, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. God's in-breaking healing for God's creatures and God's creation is at work now, says Jesus. In me, In the particularity of this body, in the specificity of this ground, Jesus proclaims God is returning to God's people. Turn around. Hear this good news. Turn around. Believe this good news. Turn around. Touch this good news. Taste this gospel. Sing this song. On this feast day, there is a fresh invitation to turn back. There is a fresh invitation to be converted, to orientate and reorientate ourselves to this sacred story, this spirit-infused song that serenades the world if we would but unblock our ears. Let's be honest. We're not always good news church that is the particularity of our desires and the specificity of our actions are not always good news yet for those called to leadership in the Church of Christ this is at the core of your call a daily return to the divine proclamation of good news our call is a daily striving to proclaim in the congregation, in relationships, in the neighborhood, in the nations, in words and embodiment, there is good news. In conclusion, you all know that this is a very important anniversary year, right? It marks the 50th anniversary of Van Morrison's album, Astral Weeks. The Belfast of the 1980s, where Morrison comes from, and the Beirut of the 1980s has often been compared. It might not then surprise us that Morrison's music was one source of solace to a group of hostages taken by Hezbollah in that period. The most famous hostage was, of course, Terry Waite, the Archbishop of Canterbury's envoy, imprisoned for five years. Others were taken hostage at the same time, among them journalist John McCarthy and writer Brian Keenan. In periods of despair during their exile, Keenan would tell McCarthy about seeing Morrison and teach him some of the music. Indeed, for both of them, the music of Morrison remained important in their post-exilic rehabilitation. So here we are, amped up in the stadium of ideas, the arena of empire, the field of dreams, drudgery, despair. And Mark, the evangelical, prepares to step up to the plate. What's his walk-up song? It is, of course, Van the Man and The Healing Game. Sing it loud. Sing it in your name. Sing it like you're proud. Sing The Healing Game. asked by John McCarthy, where the ability to speak into people's lives and speak to communities, even in the most desperate of situations, where did that come from? Morrison thought for a moment before saying, I think, I think it comes from God. You better believe it, Van. You better believe it. There is good news. The healing of God has come close. Repent. Believe. There is good news. There can be good news. Let's sing that.